Boom, there it is, ladies and gents, ready to rock and roll on another episode of the Business Bros Inside the Classroom. I don't know about you guys, but did you know that the IRS opens on January 24th this year? That means it's almost time to file your taxes, and what better show to have on today than we're going to be talking about eliminating your tax returns. So let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom, it can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you and welcome to another episode of Business Boss. <laughs> All right, today we're diving into the world of taxes and business strategy. Our guest is a seasoned expert in the field who has spent his career in the finance service industry with a focus on taxes and helping high-income earners eliminate or mitigate big tax liabilities using advanced strategies. He's currently the CEO and founder of Tax Plan Experts and also has companies in insurance, lending, investing, and consulting. He'll be sharing with uh, he'll be sharing his insights on uh, on how to take back control of your finances and focus on building your own economy. So let's welcome to the show, Mr. David A. Perez. There you go. Welcome how you doing, comments, man? David. Oh, man, I'm doing, excited man? to be here talking to somebody. And again, I want to say it live on the show, dude, you got a nice setup over there. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. It's just part of the part of the game, right? We all got to have something nice. And I love coming here. It makes me think bigger, makes me be creative. It's really inspiring, man. I love it. I totally agree with that. Let me ask you something, though. Taxes, not the most interesting topic in the world. How do you make it fun? How do you make it interesting? How do you make it something that people can digest and actually want to learn about and implement? Well, once somebody knows that the majority, so 30 to 40% of your money over the course of your life is going to go to some form of taxation. So the moment that I say that to someone, I'm saying every dollar you make 30 to 40 cents of it is going to be given to uncle Sam, or at least some entity that says I, you owe me. If I say that to anyone automatically, I have their attention. They're like, wow, I didn't know that because everybody thinks they get to keep their money until they see the tax man. So that that's really where it starts. And then obviously, if I started by saying to you or your audience, I'd say, I believe it's your right not to pay taxes. I think I got your attention. <laughs> that's how I make it fun. That is true. No, I love that. I love that. And you're absolutely right. 40% of it is going to be gone. And I don't think people quite realize the different types of taxes that they end up paying. We always think income tax, but there's much more to that kind of concept, right? What are we getting hit with that people don't quite realize? Um, sales tax, um, local tax, they call them salt taxes, right? Sales, local tax, um, state tax. You're also talking about real estate tax. I mean, there's consumption tax, franchise tax. All of these are forms of taxation that come through either a government entity, a city entity, a county, or a state. All of these are going to get hit at some point in your life. If you have any aspirations of making money, owning real estate, you know, by opening a business, all of these, these taxes are going to hit you at some point. And if you're prepared or you understand that, then you can plan to avoid them. So 
let's start from the very beginning. I got 17-year-old high school students. Some of them had just completed their first year, about to get their W-2s. Um, <laughs> they're, they're young. They're going to barely begin that income. Uh, they're barely going to start earning income for the next you know, 40-plus years of their life. What advice <laughs> would you give to them just getting started, getting ready to file their first return? Well, first off, I don't, I don't know if there's advice for filing a return. I would just say that every dollar counts in, in the world that we live in today, you know, every dollar counts, especially with the rise of the cost of everything. As we, we can make jokes about what's going on today. I saw, you know, when I was a kid, we used to throw eggs and toilet paper at houses, right? I don't know. (laughs) Today, those are, those are two commodities you don't want to waste anymore, right? We both have to protect them. So Every dollar counts. So making money today, no matter what you do, it could be uh, from working at a McDonald's or learning a new skill or trade, you're going to make money. And in every dollar that you make, your job is to figure out how to keep it. That, that's your job every day, because the more you get to keep, the more you can do things like invest, the more you can you know, buy the things that you want and have the lifestyle that you deserve to have. Now, all of those come with some consequences or some disciplines, but if you don't think that way, then you know, you're giving your money away. You're going to give it away to someone. And I'd much rather you keep it than anyone else. So you have to plan for that. So if I were a kid today, if I look back at myself at 17 or 18, I would say, Hey man, every dollar counts. Don't let it go to waste. Don't blow it. Be smart. Think about what you are going to do with the dollar and how you can keep it away from everyone else and make it benefit you because that's, what's most important. You are. But David, I don't, I'm not good at math. Uh, you know, I don't want to learn taxes. Like why, why should I even get in that space? How much should I actually know? Well, here, here's an interesting, uh, an interesting thought. Uh, so when I was a kid, I, I sucked at math. I was not good at math. In fact, uh, well, that was just a story I told my, my parents or not my parents, it's probably my siblings. My brothers and sisters used to say all the time, you know, we all suck at math. I suck at math. I'm not good with math. I'm not good with numbers. And so I grew up hearing that, that idea over and over again, as I grew up, it was, you're not good at math. You're not good at math. And it really stuck to the fact that I failed algebra twice. (laughs) So that's a true statement, right? When I went into college, you know, I was borderline remedial math, but it was really not because I sucked at math. It was just really a mindset. I, I really just thought that I wasn't good at math, but the truth is math is very simple. I mean, and, and, and taxes are very simple. It's very, it's addition, subtraction, multiplication, right? And division. That's it. It is no harder than that. You don't have to think about anything else. And if you know how to read, it's so simple because everything in, in finances is just reading. It really is. I mean, when you look at a tax return, the first line says taxpayer, and you put your first name or your last name and first name. Like it's very simple where it says wages. That's what you earn. You just enter your wages where it says, you know, children, dependents or whatever you put dependents. It's very simple. So and it's all add, subtract, multiply and divide in all cases in every tax return situation. So if you already know how to just do those four things, you are already set up for success. And that's probably everybody who's listening to this today. And you get to use a calculator, not like in school where they tell you, oh. no, you don't get to use a calculator. It's a test. Like in real life, adding, subtracting, multiplying, dividing, plus you get to use the calculator. So as long as you can read and push the buttons correctly on a calculator, we're good to go, right? Yeah, that's very true. You know, when I was, uh, when I first started in the tax business, I, I, I just, you know, I use the software to help me. Everybody still uses software. Um, but one of the things that I took initiative on, which I'd encourage everybody to do 
is once you type it into the calculator or use a software, whatever that may be, once it's done, once you're done with this, what I would do is I just print out the tax return and I would look at it and I, you can actually read it very easily because you're going to see at the end, it says these total to this, this subtracts from this. And it, it gives you the, a sense. I always, you know, when I, I've taught tax classes for, a, I taught them for a long time and I always felt such a sense of empowerment. I would print out a big 1040, a large print 1040, and I would put it on, on the board or on the wall. And I would say, let's do this together, right? And I would get wages and I would add them on there and I'd have the adjustments and I'd have them there. And then I get to the adjusted gross income and that's what it would be. And then I go to the next page and so on and so forth, the credits, the, the already federal payments. And then I'd come to the conclusion, which would be either a refund or a, a, an owed a balance. But I feel like that's such an empowering thing. And I think if I would have known that when I was younger, maybe I wouldn't be more smart with my money, but at least I'd have a more understanding of how simple economics works like you work the money that you use that you make goes to something and then maybe i would have considerations like i would be a consideration i'd be like so where does this money go because <laughs> that's that's why i do tax planning today because if if any of us you and i let's say for an example we make money we pay it to a system some way shape or form does it go to something that really benefits us or not? Are we in alignment with where it goes? Because if we're not, then we need to figure out a way to use the money to invest in things that we are aligned with. If that makes sense. Oh, that totally makes sense. And, you know, one of the things that, that we're going to go through in class, they don't know about it yet, but um, is, is the vocabulary. Because I always feel like, you know, every industry has its own lexicon. You go to the dentist, they speak a certain language. It's English, but they speak a certain language. You go to the, to the, you know, you talk to an attorney, they have a certain language. You talk to an accountant, they're going to have a certain language. In order for you to be successful at, in finance, you need to understand and speak the financial terms that are necessary. So, you know, getting started in taxes, is, is really just learning the rules and what do these words actually mean. And then we can kind of go through that 1040, no problem, because we we know what those words mean and we fill the we'll fill in the space there so let's start talking about that a little bit you mentioned income and one of the things that i love to talk about is eliminating uh tax liability and oftentimes it comes at how you earned that income in the first place so yep. help describe that for people what are different ways that we can earn income and why is that important well there's two different types of income right there's earned income or active income and then there's passive or unearned income. So passive would be for most, everybody will understand this is if you had a rental property, like a house that you rented, the income that's generated from there, which is the money that you make, that's called passive income. If you have a job or you own a business, that's active income. It's, it's, it's income generated because of the activities that you perform. So these are the two buckets of income that we receive today. And if you understand how each are taxed, then you can plan to to lower your taxes. And, you know, you mentioned something right now that I really liked. And you said talking about rules, which is kind of like the jargon that we use. If somebody would have told me this statement when I was 18 years old, I would have taken the whole world at a different perspective, which is those who know the rules rule. Mm -hmm. Those who know the rules rule. And if being an arrogant, you know, little kid at 18, if somebody would have said that to me, I would have said, you know what? I probably need to be paying attention to a lot more in life in general. I would have said, you know, I got to learn more about law and I got to learn more about finances and I got to learn more about taxes because the rules are written, right? Somebody wrote the rules. Don't do this, do this, right? These are the way you participate in the game. And if I knew that and I would have heard that statement, it would have changed my life. I didn't hear that statement until about like 10 or 12 years ago. And when I heard it, 
was like, man, that's so true. Why aren't I looking at the rules, the rule book, right? Wouldn't I just take out the rules and say, how do I play this game better? Because if your opponent doesn't know the rules, you always win. That's that how you is win. So true. And, and in life, you're you're always going to have, you know, I, I always go back to the uh, the billionaires of the world, the Jeff Bezos, the Donald Trumps. They get so much flack for having like a zero income tax, right? But they're literally playing by the rules. The rules are laid out for everyone to use. You don't hate <laughs> on the guy because he played by the rules. But at the same time, not everyone's willing to learn the rules or open up the rule book because – you know, taxes are boring or I'm not good at math or whatever that limitation that we set on ourselves, that rule book is there for everybody to play. So let me ask you, does that mean I need to open up a pub 17 or a circular 230 and just start reading there? Or how, you know, how, how do I get these rules uh, understanding in that, that noggin here? Well, interesting thing enough that you can find a lot of advice, a lot of places. Now I would probably caution you to just go on YouTube or Instagram or all that stuff to get the advice. Cause a lot of the times uh, I'd say about maybe 70% of the information that you'll find just on sort of video videos today is probably true. 70%. I mean, there's a 30% that are probably not. And I'd be very cautious. What I would say is wherever you feel like you learn the best. Most people today learn through video. So you can go on YouTube and find tons of content, including this, that can teach you about taxes. And then once you find something that you feel you resonate with, or you feel like the taxes, what they're sharing is maybe something you believe, then I would go to the pub and verify it, right? Then I would go to, or find a trusted source like yourself or myself, who are trusted sources, who have been in the industry, who are veterans. These are good opportunities to learn, finding a mentor. Um, but but there's nothing better than just taking a hands-on thing. I mean, if you're teaching a course, like you mentioned, you're teaching courses, right? I think you said that. Yes. So right yeah, there, yeah. That, that's incredible. Going off of a textbook. I mean, there are classes out there. I would, I would tell you that maybe most people don't need to learn taxes so that they can do their own taxes. They need to learn taxes so that whoever does their taxes, um, you know, they know what they're, they, they can tell if they know what they're doing. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, it, that's, it's to ask the proper questions, right? Like you're there, the, the tax law, I showed a video in class the other day and it starts off where some guy's calling the IRS and he's like, excuse me, can you tell me how many pages are in the tax code? And like, they obviously they can't answer that question, but that's kind of to your point is there's volumes and volumes and volumes of tax law and loopholes and things that are, that are just existing in the rule book that not every tax preparer is just keenly aware right off the top of their head. Their, their expertise is in a specific niche, but it doesn't mean that they can't find those loopholes or understand the rules, but you as the taxpayer need to be able to ask the proper questions and know your situation better so that you can get the help that you're looking for. I think that's what you're getting at there, right? Yeah. I, I think the number one way to, the thing to say is be resourceful and you know, there's two ways we learn today. Everybody learns in these two ways. They either learn through experience, meaning their own. So think about when you were a kid, your mom or dad said, don't touch the stove. You touch the stove, you burned your hand, you learn, you never did it again. That's an experience. Um, the second way to learn is through others' experience. And that is watching your brother or sister touch the stove, get their hand burned and saying, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not dumb. So the reason I share this is that maybe you don't need to know the whole tax code. Maybe you don't need to know everything, but you are going to want to focus on the things that apply to you. Like if you have a child, for an example, um, everybody's going to have a kid, or at least I think most people will have kids, of course, their life right across their lifetime. When you have a kid, you probably want to know how that impacts your taxes. 
if mm-hmm. you're going to college, you probably want to know how that's going to impact your parents' tax return because you should be able to tell them, hey, mom and dad, guess what? I'm going to get you a tax credit, right? Let me tell yeah. you how. That would be cool. Like you're being resourceful. You're being in the know because these are things that actually impact you. Most people yes. don't learn anything that doesn't impact them. And I can, and that's okay because useless knowledge is useless knowledge. You should only know things that truly impact you in your scenario or where you're going. So for many of you, maybe you're aspiring entrepreneurs. You want to be a business owner. You want to be an influencer. You want to be a YouTube, whatever it is. All of those have tax consequences. So why wouldn't we want to find out what they are going to be now? Like, why wouldn't we be thinking, hey, how do, if I made a million dollars this year, like, what would I pay in taxes, right? 370000 roughly, or, you know, it could be a little less than that, but whatever, right? How many of you want to write a check for 370000 Nobody does. Okay, Never. so what could you do? <laughs> what could you do? And some of that could be advanced, and some of that could be very just fundamental. But I think, I think one of the biggest challenges that we face today is just most people aren't curious enough. They're not resourceful mm. enough. They don't want to. And I think this is probably the one thing that if I were to pick anything you should know is finances and taxes. Like those two things are, they're game changers. They separate the poor from the rich. And no matter how you define that, and I'm not saying it in one's bad or good, but you know, Bill Gates said this and I, I quoted in my book, which is if you're born poor, that's not your fault. But if you die poor, it is. And that's true. We, we need to, we need to step up. Like if you're not happy with your current financial situation in your families or wherever that may be, then be the generation that breaks it, right? Be yeah. it, be the person that sets the new standard for your family and for your life and learn more about finances. Cause that's the one, that's the, that's the one place we can measure how good or bad you're doing in dollars and finances. We can measure it every day. And that's yeah, why your it's bank so account is your. Your bank account's your scorecard. At the end of the day, it's how much you're keeping. Your tax returns are like your adult report card right along there with your credit <laughs> score. Like there's a lot of things in, in finance that you're right. You can measure and allow yourself to see exactly where you're at, where you want to be in the gap to get there. What about on a on an education level? You wrote a book. There are also plenty of other books out there uh, to help people kind of get started in that realm of personal finance. What are some of the books that maybe you might recommend? Well, um, there's a lot of high level books out there, right? So there's a lot of things that you could read that I think would be over the, some people's head. You know, one of the, I wouldn't start with finance. If I had to give you a, per, just a regular finance book, I would say read rich dad, poor dad, like that will give you a perspective of, of what it is and what it takes between who's think what, what different perspectives of life, right? Two people going through the same journey, just taking a different perspective that, that would help. But I would say. The majority of time, I don't find that people aren't interested in things. I think they lack the discipline, discipline being the ability for them to just put themselves in an uncomfortable position to learn something or to do something. I think that's the biggest challenge. And a lot of that just is a lack of direction. Like if you're an 18, 17 year old right now watching this, which that was me at one point, I lacked a lot of direction. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't know where I was going. I wasn't top 10 in my class. I was a C student. And I mean, like, see you after class student. You know, I was, <laughs> I, I was not a good communicator. I was not a good finance guy. I didn't manage money. Well, I wasn't organized. I didn't come from money. I didn't have some silver spoon and I wasn't being financed. My family's not in a business oriented mindset. My parents just worked really freaking hard and they provided everything they could provide to me, which wasn't that much, but it was enough. And I look back and I look at my myself in those years and I say, man, what was I missing? And it was really discipline. 
It was just my ability to make my, myself do the things I didn't want to do. Um, and in mid twenties, I read a book and this may not be the book for you, but this was a book that changed my life. It was called, um, no excuses by Brian Tracy. And mm, yes. that was one of my favorite books because it really just called me out on all the things that I wasn't doing. It told me, David, you know, I know that you have a lot to do today, but that doesn't mean that you can't do this, which is get this done. Right. It, I know you think that you're busy, but you're really not. I know that you don't like waking up early, but let me tell you why you need to. And like those things like ingrained in me and created some sort of discipline that made me think twice about who I was. And so uh, you know, thinking back at the, the the students watching this, I'm like, man, if I would have just known some of these things, and I think probably every adult says that to kids, <laughs> if I would have just every known what now. I know now, <laughs> but, but I think, I think kids and, and they're not kids, man, they're young adults. Like that's what you should be considering yourself. Don't think this is the, you're very far along in life. You just think about it this way. There are kids that are like 13 right now that make more money than all of us. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so if they can do it, why can't we do it at 18 or my age of 39 or whatever, you know, like we should be doing more and we should be thinking about how we get ourselves to do the things we don't want to do. So with things changing all the time, I mean, the 1040 switch to the get has a completely different look that it did back, uh, you know, 2018, uh, Congress making all kinds of rules, passing stimuluses right before the year starts. I mean, all kinds of things that are happening, uh, seems like almost every single day, uh, how does one keep up with with that sort of change? And do we do we really have to at some point? Well, I wouldn't say that there's probably a need for keeping up with change. Like fundamentals are fundamentals, right? Like ABCs, add, multiply, subtract, divide, they're all the same, right? Once you understand the concepts, like why things are such ways, then whenever they just make a shift, you just shift with them, right? It's like, um, you know, they may change. Like if you have a car right now, whatever car or year it is, in a few years, they're going to change the model and maybe they don't have a knob anymore. They have a button, right? But it still does the same thing. It's just the difference is you have to learn how to use the knob or the button, whichever one is changing, right? It's There's not a difference. As long as you know how to drive the car and you understood why that knob is there or that button is there, then it's, it's the same thing. You know, when they tried to change this to a postcard, it was the stupidest thing in the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I may not agree or disagree with the concept of why they did it, but to be truthful, it, it it made things worse, not easier. And it, mm. it didn't allow for a lot of things that we were doing and changes are going to occur. I mean, we saw the biggest tax change in 2018 than we had seen in like 25 years. I mean, it was yep. huge and, and it impacted a lot of people, but we just play the game. You just understand who gets impacted. Everybody should know, just to be clear, there's, this is what I actually, in my next book, I'm writing a book called the 3% club, which is the 3% of Americans who don't pay federal income tax, who make over $250,000 a year. That's my next book. And okay. in the book, in the book, I'm talking about Congress and how Congress is the decider of everything that happens on the tax code. They make the rules. So they make the rules. The IRS enforces the rules. They're just the enforcer, the implementer. So anybody who hates the IRS, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I love them, but they're not really <laughs> the, they're not the ones who make the rules. They just, they're the referees. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're, they're the referees yeah. calling the place. And, and and up there, there's a the coach, you know, and, and there's the NFL or whatever. So why this is important is just think about every person who gets elected to Congress. That's the Senate and the House, right? These are people who have aspirations of being famous, who have aspirations of being somebody who have influence. Like these are not people, I'm, I'm not all of them, but for the majority of them, 
they're self-serving. They went there for a reason. I hate to say it, but they are. So we call it out as they are. You can think patriotic, whatever duties. Maybe there's some grain of that. But the majority of them are self-serving. They're there because they want to be powerful people. There's nothing wrong with that. However, majority of them are business owners and investors. <laughs> so yep. every time a bill that comes across their desk and they're like, let's look this over. And it says, oh, how do I benefit from this? <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, I give a tax credit if you own a business. I'll give tax credits if you invest in housing. I'll, you know what? Sign this, pass this thing and push it on down the road because this benefits me. So. When they change the when Congress changes any taxes, typically it's going to impact people that are not them. So this is why it's so important to be in the same investor business owner category, in my opinion, because they make the rules for them. They don't make the rules for the regular folk, the middle class. They don't do that. I mean, that's who gets 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 the worst tax treatment. Yeah, no, I, I love that explanation. I, I explained it to my students the other day. I was like, if you guys ever watched the movie Lincoln, where they pass a 13th amendment, they pass it on one page, right? One piece of paper, this law was passed. And today, when they pass a bill, it's a book and they sell you on the cover, but they don't tell you what's in the book. And that's kind of uh, the problem with a lot of this stuff that's going on today is it's great marketing. Is there, yeah, exactly. And it's beneficial, but that's what makes the tax law so complicated. We we talked in class about, you know, having a flat tax or a consumption tax or a fair tax and all these different ways that we can make things a lot simpler. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, the guy writing the rules doesn't benefit. And so that's definitely not going to happen. I, I wish I wish it weren't like that, but that's just the way it is. Again, those who know the rules rule. Unfortunately, if we could change it in a fair world, everybody would pay the same amount of taxes. We'd all be taxed the same way. It'd all be good. But unfortunately, it's just not it. And that that's actually why it's so important. And my concept is build your own economy. And that's why it's so important. You know, when I think about fairness, I wish the world were fair, but it's not. You know, not everybody deserves to win because not everybody participates at the highest level. Some people study harder. Some people play harder. Some people are better naturally. There's, that's just the way the world is. I'm not saying some people are losers. I would just say some people have more advantages than others. And if it was equal, it would not be fair to everyone. So it's better to focus on you. It's better to focus on what you can control and what you can develop and what you can make for yourself. Because at the end of the day, there's no one else that can take care of you. There's no one else you can rely on besides yourself. And if you sell yourself on the idea that the government or my parents or anybody else is going to take care of you the rest of your life, then you become a dependent. And dependents are not somebody you rely on. Because in life, if, if, if I was to tell a student this, I'd say, you don't want to say somebody, you don't want to be a dependent, you want to be a leader. You don't want That's people right. to say um, they're a leech or they're a, you know, a liability. You want them to say, I can depend on them to get the job done. Like you want that as your title. And if you don't have that mindset early on, it's because you've given away everything and you've said, I will be a dependent. And so being fair in the world is not going to ever happen. A consumption tax or a fair flat tax will never happen because some people participate in our economy more than others. Some people invest more. Some people spend more. Some people lose more because they don't monitor it. So it is just what it is. So if we ever, just because I'm saying this is just, don't worry about changing it. Worry about playing it and learning the rules because we can't change it. We're just not that powerful. <laughs>
No, we're not that powerful. We don't have that rule. All right, you mentioned Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, we mentioned No Excuses, and we got a, a a listener on here saying, "Do you guys suggest any books on any books on taxes?" Um, I like. Uh, there is a tax and legal. It might be a little advanced, but the Tax and Legal Playbook by Mark Kohler is a very good book. Um, but it's about taxes and legal strategies for taxes. It's a very good book. So that might be a little more advanced. I would say um, Kiyosaki has a partner called, his name's Tom Wheelwright. He's got a book called, um, oh man, it's, loopholes, it's, I think. yeah, Tax Loopholes or something. I, I, his name's Tom Wheelwright. You could just look up Wheelwright, W-H-E-E-L-R-I-G-H-T, um, I think. Anyways, he, he's got a good book. So if you could use that, I would say those. Um, but books, books on taxation, I would probably be more focused those books teach you some things. Um, I wouldn't say books on taxes. I would be looking at books on like finance or economics. Ray Dalio's book called Principles is a very good book about investing in finance. Um, So, I I mean, I know, by the way, every single listener here, if they're young or old, everybody's going to start. If we recommend a book, it doesn't matter what book it is. Every time, like it may not impact you right now. It may not be your cup of tea, if you will. Just like most people don't like maybe coffee when they're young, but as they get older, they like coffee and then maybe they change it into mochas or whatever. Like everybody has this season, if you will. So don't discredit it if you don't like it now. Put it down. Go back to it in six months and see if it hits you different or go back to it in a year. Because every time I read a book, because I've read books, sometimes I'll read them three, four, five, six times. And I don't read them right after each other. I'll wait six months or a year. I read it again and I get something completely different. <laughs> so totally. it, it would help to be, it would help to, to read different books and then come back to them because they're going to, because taxes don't always change, to be honest with you. They don't. Many, many people say they always change. It's the fundamentals are always the same. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a, there's extra loopholes here and there, little credits here and there that might change. Your standard deductions might change, but for the most part, the fundamentals stay exactly the same. David, it's been a great episode. You've uh, shared a lot of knowledge with us. Before we head out, um, how can people get a hold of you? What are they going to find when they go to your website? So davidapettis.com. One thing you could get there if you guys want a book recommendation, grab my book. It's free on the website, davidapettis.com. Click on book on the top and you'll be able to get a free copy of my book. All you have to do is just cover shipping. Um, I'll sign it as well. It'll come to you signed by me. So I would say that's something that you probably want to do. And um, you can also find me on any any uh, social media channel. I am David A. Perez or Perez. And you can find me on any one of them. And by the way, on, on those social channels, I share a lot of tax tips. Every day, actually, we post one to two videos, maybe even three some days that are three every day, actually. So we post three videos every day that are talking about tax tips for people who want to avoid paying taxes every day. Boom. There it is, ladies and gents. I am David A. Perez, or you can follow him. Uh, Go to his website as well, David A. Perez. Grab a copy of that book. Taxes are here. They're going to follow you no matter what you do in life, unless you plan on, uh, I don't know, not doing a thing to earn any income. (laughs) You're going to have to file a tax return at some point in the future. Might as well learn how to pay zero or as little as possible, legally possible. David, thank you very much for coming on the show. Make sure you guys check it out one more time, davidaperez.com. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today. Bye.